Welcome to episode 367 of Texting, hosted by myself and the incredibly fantastic Jason Roberts. Yourself? Who are you? You didn't even give your name. Oh, yes. Uh, my name known is... as yourself. <laughs> uh, Justin Vincent. That's me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so what's happening? What are we talking about today? Well, let's start by talking about Modern Teacher. Modern Teacher. Modern Teacher. And um, that is the company that I work for. That's my day job. Formerly Digidoo? Formerly Digidoo. And I don't really talk about Modern Teacher very much. No. Is it Have interesting? Have you noticed that? Is it going to be interesting to hear about? I think it might be. Or we're going to get bored. But I don't I, want to be bored. It's possible that you'll be <laughs> bored, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, so, you know, why? Well, hold on. Why... Well, let's talk about the new glasses. What's what's with the new glasses? That's my normal glasses. Yeah, these, these look like new glasses. It's just the same ones I wear every time I speak to you. Maybe your face has changed. I don't know. <laughs> it must be a different face. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, so I don't, I don't normally talk about Modern Teacher. And, uh, but I used to talk about Digidoo quite a lot. And so, why is that? Well, I think the reason you're, it's just a company you work for. It's pretty much, but it's 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 just you were a co-founder of Digidoo. You were not a co-founder of Brandon Teacher, right? So therefore, I, it's not. Well, so I mean, I I could be classed as a. I mean, I guess aren't you aren't you actually co-founder of a company if you are there when it's when it's basically founded? I guess. I mean, it'd be a stretch because this was a company that sort of bought. Did you do in a way? Oh, you were on the founding team. Yeah, you'd be on the founding I mean, you could okay. be a founder, yeah. but it would be a little misleading to say, well, this company that bought us. Well, they didn't buy they didn't buy us. That wasn't how it worked. So it was sort of a, a merger thing. It was right? yeah, exactly. It was a merger. And um and I can't tell you the uh I can't tell you the But somehow so, you ended up with zero, so Yes. I'm just trying I'm just trying to get to this simple Why can't we talk about that? I well cuz I don't know if it's releasable information especially since now that it's, it's been It's not bought. releasable that you don't own anything. <laughs> I can't tell people I don't own anything. But it's been uh, bought by another company now. So what? So what? Uh, Nobody I cares mean, what I you own. No, I don't know. I no, don't know. why are you stressing me? Okay, look. Can I just can I just tell you the reason? Just Okay. I, okay. I had this whole thing prepared and you like completely right, wiped derailed it you. Out. All right, yeah. go ahead. All right. Okay. Well, the, I think the reason why I haven't spoken about uh, Modern Teacher that much is because I haven't been uh, able to like look at the results. So with 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 Digidoo, uh, we were in the classrooms all the time, and I was seeing kids using it, and I was seeing, okay, this is this in classroom software is changing these kids' lives. It's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. With Modern Teacher, I've just built the platform. And I've been completely abstracted, and I haven't seen what effect it's had in school districts you know and i think that's a big part of the reason why i haven't really spoken about it too much i mean it's not it's the, the technology is pretty basic and also i haven't been able to let me just say get super inspired by by seeing the results so Does do you have some results is that why you're excited about yes, talking about yes okay. yes yes that's what i want to talk about so okay, go I'm, ahead i'm a little bit inspired about modern teacher Okay. Even though I have zero ownership, <laughs> but I'm I'm inspired about the mission. I'm inspired okay. about the mission. And so, my understanding of Modern Teacher that is essentially like a digital checklist of satisfying certain requirements of other digital learning solutions for a school district. No, no, it isn't. And so let so let me tell you. So that's what it was at one point. As it evolved. Well, I don't think that's. I, I think that's my misunderstanding of it. So it's probably me relaying what I thought it was okay. to what it actually is. 
Okay, so we one thing that they do every year is they have um, a, a, a conference. So it's called the National Conference for Digital Convergence. And uh, I was just at that last week. I was at that conference for a week. Okay. And what I found out about what that conference is, I didn't really know this before. What that conference is, is they pick um, an example an exemplary school district that's that's doing really well at what modern teacher uh helps districts do mm -hmm. and then they they ship in like between 300 and 400 teachers who then spend a day on site looking at the classrooms at that school district how mm -hmm. you know how how it's doing and then also they have like an awards uh, dinner and they have like a an, another day of like a like a like a typical conference style thing where people are going around desks you know um exhibits and stuff and so so i i i've never been invited to one before you know mm -hmm. in in the whole time so with previous management they're always like meh he's a tech guy you know he's like he doesn't need mm -hmm. to come and see this you know mm -hmm. but i i was invited to it this time and um i get it i get it i really i, I get what what it's doing and it, it's it, it's good and i'm kind of a little bit annoyed that i wasn't invited before and that i didn't get a little bit more of an insight into it before so um so what what modern teacher actually does is it takes uh traditional learning traditional schools learn in the old the the the, the traditional way that learning was invented in 1818 <laughs> was you get like all the students in the classroom sitting every each student sits at their desk and they face the chalkboard and the teacher basically gives them a lecture and that's essentially what the the learning experience is so what modern teacher does is it it basically flips the classroom and like the the end result is um that each kid has their own device and um that kids work together in self-selected pods of like you know could be two three kids and um they choose their seating style so like maybe one kid wants to sit on a beanbag maybe another couple of kids want to sit in a pod they choose uh, to to meet the common uh, core standards, they choose what you know. They they get given like a bunch of different options to learn a standard. So it could you know some kids learn through audio, some kids learn through uh, reading, uh, but also they can choose to do like experiments and like. So it's not it's not just about on screen. So basically, what Modern Teacher does is it gets it gets classrooms to be a personalized and adaptive per kid. So each kid chooses their own chooses their own adventure, you know, mm -hmm. and and it flips the classroom around because instead of teachers standing at the front pontificating, uh, it's more like a homework situation at home where teachers are kind of kids are working on things that they're really into, really interested in, um, and they're just sort of sticking their hand up if they need help, but they're just right. sort of working through their own stuff. So it, you know, that that kid who's like super advanced isn't bored anymore because mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're picking their own adventure and the kid who's who's much slower is they're working at their own pace so everyone's working at their own pace everyone's doing their own thing and basically it's just a much better way to do education you know because modern teacher helps public school districts just public school districts that's what that's who they help does that make sense so far yeah any feedback or thoughts nope Okay, so, so the so the thing so, what was really eye opening was um, how good, how happy the kids were, <laughs> like how good how how well it works. Well, how do you like, know how happy the kids are? 
because you because we got to speak to them which you know kids? i mean i mean lots of kids i mean so we we went we like the 400 teachers uh, got on uh like a whole bunch of buses and uh i think it was 350 actually got on uh buses and we went to different schools in district 49 uh which is a stage 7 modern teacher district so basically to to transform from the old school uh, 18 you know invented in 1818 style teaching mm-hmm. to modern teaching to transform a district is kind of like trying to push an oil tanker <laughs> you know it's really really difficult and that is what modern teacher does is it helps districts change uh like 20 schools you know mm-hmm. over like 5 years through this uh this uh it's a method methodology and it's it's the the platform that i made helps them sort of manage that manage that change mm-hmm. and um so yeah so we went to look in loads of loads of classrooms and schools within district 49 that's a stage seven they've been doing it for five years and they've pretty much transformed their whole district but they don't but uh, modern teacher doesn't provide the actual learning content there are other no. software providers that do it right no no we don't provide any learning content the only thing we provide is we basically uh, provide a pathway to to get to the space so it's it's surprisingly complicated to get to a, a place where um, every kid can have an adaptive experience. Like, so we, we provide professional learning um, because obviously teachers need to teach differently. Like when teachers have been teaching one way for their whole, their whole career, 20 years, all of a sudden, oh, now they've got to use tools. You know, now they've got to use, work out how to, how to manage devices. Oh, now they've got to change lessons because it's a completely different lesson experience. Like before they just used to create one lesson, which they teach two kids. Now they have to create like, 30 lessons <laughs> you know mm-hmm. which is like oh super daunting and they don't want to do it and that's but there is like tools and uh, different software that can help them do that mm-hmm. and then also working with each kid and creating the pathways and all that kind of stuff so it's because it turns everything on its head it's kind of complicated and it's it's complicated to get the district to that space mm-hmm. but it's much much better for kids you know once it's once it's once it's at that place right and um just touring these classrooms and speaking with these kids. I mean, they basically just sounded like they were really engaged. They really wanted to be at the school <laughs> and they were just like, you know, just enjoying and like, just like nailing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's, it's a better experience when you're actually doing stuff. and They're just sitting there listening to a teacher talk, which is really boring. Exactly. What age kids were these? Different. I mean, uh, just K-12. Well, I mean, we went, we're talking kindergartners, seventh yeah, graders, twelfth we we, graders. It's the same. The same principles work from K through twelve. So, so you, we look, you, you saw all different grade levels, all all the, all the different groups, all the different groups. Okay, and I it was see. great. It was just great, and um, uh, I'm just like, <laughs> just like, oh, I wish I'd have just been able to see this earlier, you know. So it was really inspiring to see it, and um, well, that's why it's important too. See, uh, see your customers use your product, and see people actually. Otherwise, you don't, you don't actually know what the real problem is. You don't really understand um, what the priority should be, and it's hard to get motivated when you don't get any feedback on, on it from them. Well, they, but the other point is, is they found it so difficult to sell this. They found it so hard to get public districts to make this change that requires hard work from all the teachers. Mm-hmm. And now that I see it in action, um, and I could literally see because part of, a big part of the reason why they sh- they ship the people the teachers in and show them this is because you can literally hear the the teachers kind of going, "Oh, this is cool. I get mm-hmm. it. 
you know? Yeah. And so it's like, that's the sales journey. And I wish they'd have brought me in earlier because I would have come up with some sales ideas to help them do sales. Well, I, I, haven't... Really, I don't think they're really interested in the tech guy giving them the sales team. That's exactly right. But, yeah. I, but I know exactly, well, I, I, I have an idea on how you could sell this, how you could, mm-hmm. how you could sell this. And it is a documentary. If you made a documentary about this, because the thing is, people aren't seeing the transformation. People aren't seeing how awesome this is. People aren't speaking to these kids who are just like, this is so good compared to what I used to do. You know, people aren't speaking to teachers. They're not seeing the change. They're not seeing all the different things. So I'm just thinking, you know, a documentary. And I'm just doing a little bit of research about that. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you... How do you get a documentary done about something like well, that? Well, the question is, are you doing a documentary or are you having somebody do like a, a, a sort of an infomercial? Like if you're hiring them to cover you, to tell your story, it's not really a, a neutral documentary, right? They're going to sort of just, which is fine, right? I mean, that it's, 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 it's fine to create videos highlighting customer success stories and, and stuff. That's not really a documentary. A documentary is you're bringing this third yeah. party is going to come in and they may say, look, you know, there's a lot, there's some, there's been some enthusiasm and there's some success here, but here are the downsides and here's the pushback yeah. and here's the... I think that's what you need. I think you need a, a, an actual documentary. So... Um, but the thing with documentaries is like, um, I don't know, man, in terms of like reach, do people watch these, I mean, are these documentaries widely watched? I mean, I... I, I well, it's not about, I mean, th- so here's the thing. If you... If you made a documentary about this, about basically the tra- the transformation mm-hmm. of education to a modern education, I think the right people would watch it. I think the district, it wouldn't need to be like this thing that became a huge hit. It would just need to be a thing that became within education itself. People were just curious and wanted to watch it. And then they could see this same transformation that, that these few hundred teachers are seeing. Because there's only a few hundred teachers are seeing it every year, you know? Versus a documentary, which could be like uh, something that could just go out uh, to a lot of educators to see the same thing, to see the same transformation. And then like that, that would be just a much better sales path, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know if uh, you'd get the reach or the uh, the conversion you'd want. I, I think... Um, I think what would be easier to do is to... Um, I think I sent you some videos. I talked about this like about a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Dropbox had some really cool videos, kind of a use case customer stories, right? They're like three to four minutes and they're pretty what really nicely shot. And, and they just went into some company that was using their, their new product called paper. And, and I was like that having a dozen of those covering different aspects of how the product can be used and who's using it and how it's benefiting them and that way you that can really make a a big difference because first of all that you have full control over it right you can tell your story the way you want to tell it you hire a documentary you're not in control it's a lot cheaper as well i guess you know well a documentary isn't going to cost you anything because you're not paying for it but you do not have any control over the story and they may not tell be talking about things or saying things they may change the what they're talking about I mean, you can't just go and say, "Hey, do a documentary on us." I mean, you can, but then it's really that's sounds... more like an inf- that's more like an infomercial. Yeah, I mean, it it, it sounds so. Um, I, I, you know, and if they did, if somebody was going to do a documentary and they're going to spend you know years shooting this thing, they're not going to just do Modern Teacher, 
right? right they're going right. to talk about it. It might be talking about, you know, maybe it's called the digital divide, crossing mm. the digital divide. And it maybe you're one of a half dozen different digital solution providers and the challenges in schools and the pushback and what the research really says about the results. And, you know, you might be like, well, what the hell? You know, they didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about other people and this, you know. Oh, so and it's funny, like because it it's not about the digital divide. That's the crazy thing, and it's like it, it's the digital aspect. I mean, it it is there, but it's only there as a facilitator to make it possible for each kid to have their own adaptive experience, which wouldn't really be possible without digital tools. Well, but a, but a crap load of the lessons are like off screen. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I get it. I, I'm just, I'm just I just made that up. I'm just like, yeah. What would be a uh, what would be uh, a topic that a documentarian would want to cover in in making something about education in 2023, yeah. 24? What's going on? <laughs> I think it would be my, my idea for a title would be like the 200, you know, education, the 200 year itch. It's like we've been 200 years and there's nothing new. Yeah. And <laughs> um, usually documentarian documentarians want to cover something controversial. Mm. Right. Otherwise, it's a boring story. Right. It's just a, this is the sales pitch. So, and like I said, they you don't really know. They don't even always know what the story is. I'm going to start out. They're going to find the story, right? And it may they may zoom in on a particular school and a few kids. They may zoom out and be talking about um, education reform in general. I mean, you just don't have any. It's it's not controlled. So, so what I'm saying, what I'm what I'm suggesting is the more efficient and direct way to do it is to go and spend five to ten thousand dollars per customer story. Go to the ones on paper. I think I go look on Dropbox paper videos. I think they, they yeah. have the best examples. I'm like, I, I want to do exactly that. Cause then you can really highlight how the system works. In particular environments, you can say here we're here's you know, with kindergartners and some teacher and in a rural area, and you got some suburban school with a bunch of fifth graders, and you got one with this, you know, gifted kids, and one with these struggling kids. And you got an inner city, and you got a suburb, and you kind of have different ways that they've adapted it and used it, and how the success. And you make it really tight, right? Each one is like three to five minutes. You really make it, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. Um, can really help tell the story you want to tell, um, you know, because we've had a documentary being shot at Math Academy for you know whatever seven years or whatever it is now, right? I mean, that's still ongoing. No, I, I yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Um, I think that that is a good idea. I mean, I have set up a meeting. So interestingly enough, I've set up a meeting. I've paid for a meeting with an award-winning documentary maker. Um, you personally, out of your own money? Out of my own money, yeah. And so, because I just wanted to, I wanted to just, I like, I, no, I respect your, I respect your opinion, of course. And I think that you've come up with like a good, a good thing, but I just want to hear it from the horse's mouth, probably say the same thing that you just said. And that's absolutely fine. But I just want to see if there's any middle ground. Well, let, me just this. Curious to know. let me ask you this. I mean, is it did the sales team know you're doing this? No. <laughs> so you're totally not in your lane. I'm totally not in my lane. I'm doing, I'm just, I'm researching. Hey, go. You know, I always joke with, you're like the Kool-Aid guy just comes busted. Hey, what's a Kool-Aid? Like, what the fuck? No. 
I, I like. I mean, I I I like to exp- explore, experiment, to see what you know, to see what's possible. I don't like to see how this how this goes with the sales team. This is going to be funny. I want to I want to hear well, how they uh, yeah, react we'll to see. this. We'll so see. guys, I, mean, I had an idea for a documentary. So we hired a documentary, and we're gonna, they're like, "Who is Justin? Wait, what? What is he talking about?" <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. not saying even if it's a good idea, they're probably still going to have that reaction, right? That's probably true. It's probably true. You know, I mean, we'll the sale guys come in and say, "Hey, Justin, you know this new thing called React, and you really got to be doing this." And you're going to be like, "Dude, get the hell out of my face!" Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the reaction you'd have. But you know, I wanted to say an interesting thing. This mm-hmm. this exemplary school district with all these schools that were had all these flipped classrooms. You know the one department. That was just like not changed and completely normal. Math. Yep. They, I, I get. I reckon there just isn't a tool that lets you flip the classroom like that, except for, well, I can't think of someone. One of these days, someone might have a tool that would help you help teachers do that. But I mean, Maybe. I'm just saying, like, dude, it's like this. Every everything had done, even PE, they'd done it, but just not math. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because, because math there's is, no tools. Because math there's is no done tools. best just sitting there listening to somebody write on a board. It's super productive. <laughs> just the, so I mean, it's I, fun, too. It's really exciting. So I just think that that's, that's, that's an interesting point, you know, that that there's, there's a couple of hundred school districts working this way, and they're not doing math like that. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, do you guys still have the um, – did you have, like, some – marketplace thing where you guys would position um the learning platforms on your we do have that yeah we'll do we we do have that that capability yeah well maybe i mean maybe maybe coming into next year i mean we'll be in a position to really um well you uh, should well they said i was i was telling everyone about math academy and they were like why aren't they presenting like why aren't they here you know like they should have a booth (laughs) Like this is like all these school districts here. Yeah, I mean the 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 of course the 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 real answer is that we're just not ready for that. I mean, yeah. um, a, as you know, um, there's a fair amount of um, logistical stuff you have to do to work with a school district, yeah. right? It's yeah, and um, connecting into their SIS systems is a pain in the yeah I mean I don't have time for that crap right now and and the sales cycles for schools are a nightmare they're like enterprise sales cycles they're enterprise sales cycles except they're broke right they don't have any money but they're still gonna you know take like a year and a half to figure out whether they want to use your system or whatever right well they do they do have money they just yeah, I mean they do. Or it's pre-allocated for other stuff or whatever. I mean, it, it's, but yeah. it's not like you're selling to Google or something, right? No, you know, no, no right. like wow, you know, budgets have been tight, and this is already pre-allocated. You know, so, anyway, um, the go-to but, market is to hit families first because you know, mom yeah. and dad just make a decision and put on the credit card, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and but once you get once we get up to a certain level of, of maturity. As a as a as an organization, uh, that you can support that kind of stuff, then it then it would work. But what you don't want to do is be a really small company selling to a large organization, because then you become like a consulting company, right? They just end up dictating everything because you're so dependent on their revenue because they're such a big part of your income that um, 
when they say jump, it's how high. You're just spending all your time doing that. And so then, rather than creating the solution you want, that you know is going to scale and solve everyone's problems, you're just solving their problems. Mm. And that's really dangerous. It's very tempting if you're lucky enough as a small company to get a big customer. You're like, oh my God, if we just get this big customer. But that can also be the kiss of death, right? It's, you've made sort of the... um the devil's bargain, you know? And um, so I've been sort of like, has we have some school districts that are interested and in experimenting with a little bit. And even the film, I'm like, let's just do a pilot. Like, let's, you know, a handful of kids, so, but whatever. Do you think you'd be, how about this time next year? Do you think you might be yeah, in a better maybe. position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to focus on right now is just getting the core features of the product working like I think they need to work before doing this sort of ancillary infrastructure stuff that you would need to do to work with, you know, a district or school or something. But I mean, even if you couldn't fulfill any sales, you could go next year to the convention and just speak about, about outcomes. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, it might be, you know? it might be worth doing in a year from now to start drumming up you know, some sort of um, enthusiasm and understanding that this is just laying the groundwork for, for like the year after that or whatever. But because a lot of these schools, they have to really, it, there's like no one person making a decision. Mm. I mean, you, you go talk to your sales people, you say, tell me, tell me how this whole sales thing works. It's like, well, you know, we talk to this person, they throw us this person and these people and then this committee and then this, it's like a, you know, just a round robin thing and you work your way up the chain and then you work your way down, you know, and um, it's, uh, you know, obviously experienced salespeople who are used to working within a particular market have a pretty good sense of how it's going to work in any given, like, okay, like I've worked, I've worked with, you know, 50 school districts of this size. This is essentially how it works. So they, they, they kind of know how it goes, but it's still not, you know, you just go talk to somebody and have an hour and a half meeting and a follow-up phone call and you make the sale. It just never works like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, which is tough thing... when you're a tiny company, right? Oh, really of course, tough. Of course. It's fine when you're a bigger company. You're like, that's just how it works. And we got like 50 of these deals in process, and we're gonna try and close X number of everybody. But if it's like, hey, I'm I'm one, I'm running around talking to school districts and give me think who's writing code. You know, like the thing that was inspiring to me that the idea that I had was, okay, I'm looking at this change here how awesome this is with this district. And I know that we've done this for quite a few districts. Like, what would it be like if every public school in America taught this way? Would be like just a huge shift. Like of kids, instead of instead of like millions of kids being bored out their brains, like twiddling pencils, you'd have millions of kids like engaged and actually enjoying their school experience. Yeah, but the other thing too is it, it it has to be done right because what happens, um, so they have something called Summit, I think it's called Summit Base Camp or something or something. It, it's a company that's backed by Zuckerberg or Facebook or something like that, and it's in a number of different school districts. And they used it or they use it at at um, the middle school that my kids went to, the public middle school. And it was good for students who were more, who who were reasonably had has had some ability to stay on task, but there were a lot of kids who spent a lot of time just watching YouTube videos. Hmm. Like I, I, I'd ask, I'd ask them, I'm like, what are they like, man, my favorite just screwing around all day, 
everybody's sitting on their little laptop in their beanbag chair or whatever. And the teacher comes around, they're oh, he turned off, but they're just not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And um, so you have to have some accountability systems built in place and a way of monitoring and making sure people are staying on task. Because mm-hmm. as long as they sound great, and they can work better, but you have to, it has to be done right. Like you have to have tools and strategies for teachers to allow independent independent self-directed learning but it's like dude you got to be making progress doesn't mean Mm -hmm. every second of every minute you have to be 100 focused on this task but you cannot you know can't walk over there and i see you're watching you know youtube of beyonce or something like right and that is what i i believe that's what we teach i think that's what we well i'm sure you probably i'm sure you probably help but i'm just saying that um it's uh it, it it's not a just like hey it just um, it, it magically works without any it takes oh. it takes training it takes tools it takes technologies exactly. um that's what i mean that that's why it's a five-year transition process you know yeah i mean i think <laughs> yeah. i think what you got and we do go we on. have it mapped out like um these what we what we call success indicators and so you just gradually bite you know take you eat this elephant like one tiny bite at a time mm-hmm. you know and if it's mm-hmm. there's and uh like we have what we call drivers. So there's like a curriculum driver, there's a digital tool driver, mm-hmm. there's a management driver. And so you're sort of, it's like a rubric. So each of these drivers has seven stages. And then within each stage, you sort of go through uh, like five different uh, squares, mm-hmm. like success indicators. And you just gradually move across this thing, mm-hmm. this this rubric. And so do it. And it's, and it, yeah, that, that that's exactly right. Like that's, that, that like there was a lot of presentations given and, and one of the the interesting ones was talking about um i think it was clippers was the was the school district talking about how like 80% of their teachers had been teaching for 20 or 25 years mm-hmm. when they start when they started this mm-hmm. and that was difficult like to get to get yeah, the buy people in, people <laughs> to get the yeah the, the yeah being the old dog new trick thing i mean cuz the thing is that people have been doing stuff for a while they just figured out how to do things they don't like yeah change they people get frustrated they're like why do i gotta change when i do this works i know what i'm doing i'm like yeah. successful so now i gotta do all this stuff um that's different and a lot of teachers when that happens retire they just rather than do it you know like when things move to a common core like a lot of teachers just quit because they're just like ah screw this because like oh we're gonna have this whole new approach and teachers well, like, they did it they they did it. They changed. They, they got everybody they, to move over. They got everybody to move over, and now they love it. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> you know it's it, it's it's not uh, you know it has it has the people's resistance to new thing has has nothing to do with the quality of the new thing. It just has to do with mm, right. people like their comfort zone. They figure out how to do stuff, and they they're they they feel relatively efficient or effective with it. And they're just like I don't. As I said, Justin. You know, you 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 can't code with all the languages and tools. You have to use Emacs, and you have to use this. You know, you'd be like, oh, man, I don't be like. No, oh, trust me, man. This is way better language, way better framework, way better back. You'd be like, you know, it's frustrating, right? You may you may like pop out a year and a half later, like, man, this was better, but it's it's a lot of people just don't even want to deal with it. You know, they fight it. Oh. All right. Well, we've been talking about it for 30 minutes, so I think we're probably good to move on to another topic. All right. What, what do we yeah. got? What do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, you're driving. Things... You're the host. So you're the, you're the, oh, oh, I'm the host. You're the host. I'm just the color. Well, man. I mean, it's hosted by myself and 
Jason. No, Michaels. I'm just the color man. You're the host. Oh, you're. Oh, okay. You're the pivot. Okay. We, we just you you uh, you drive the show. You're driving this bus. Well, um, with regard to uh, play strong, I haven't. Uh, well, I did. Um, I've decided I'm going to use uh, a, a, a tool called Learn Dash, um, which is uh, a, an educational plugin on top of WordPress. And I've just started to play around with it, and um, that's all the that's all the, the the feedback I've got about that. That's that's play strong. That's play so strong in a nutshell. That's it. <laughs> with thirty with seconds li- of play strong <laughs> list, I do continue to use all the time, and um, I'm still I using re- it, even though I. I, even though I threatened to stop it, use, doing it, using it because I wanted you to focus on play strong, because I didn't want to contribute, I didn't want to be uh, give you reason not to focus on the thing. It seems clear you need to focus on, um, but I still use it. I still use it, and I'm like the the that one thing, that one feature of just having a search is really. I really want that to exist. So I'm gonna... I was like, wait a minute, there's a search? <laughs> no, 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 it really needs a search. Okay. okay. It really needs a search and it really needs within the document to be able to expand, collapse the nodes. Mm-hmm. And then I think it would be... You have a, that you would... have a V1 or V.1. That, or... Yeah, you have, that's uh, it. Sorry, uh, you have a V. You have a, th- you have a thing that it doesn't annoy, annoy the shit out of me every time I use it, basically. That doesn't annoy me. Uh, okay, I know. Because <laughs> I basically have well, everything on the today category for the most part anyway even though today means the next six months of maybe (laughs) today means the next six months of maybe that's right the next six months. i like that's pretty much what it is to be if i'm being honest um yeah so i still use it every day that just just shows you how much of an inertia how much inertia i have like but like i can make why would rats i am not gonna use this damn piece of software justin and then I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm just gonna keep. Why it. don't you go back to text files? Because I'm too lazy. Because then it's gonna take me like a, twenty minutes to cut and paste all this crap to a text file. Just to, I'm just too lazy to do it. I don't have, to, I don't have twenty or thirty minutes to do that. Or I guess I can okay. export it, right? I could do some export or whatever. But 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 I guess my question to you is 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 its checkbox feature just give it still proving to be. Just that I like the checkbox, that... even though I don't really use it, because as soon as I check it, then I delete it. It's like check, delete. <laughs> check, delete. I mean, That's it's, so it's funny. it really is just a check and delete. Like I don't. Okay, so so then maybe something that I do want to build in as well, because I because I do the same thing as well. I mean, I I I, I think it, I leave it, and then you smile, and then you delete it. No, I think I leave it a little bit longer than you, so I'll I'll leave it for like maybe. An hour, just an you know? hour of bliss. No, of to, check to, even bliss. till the end of the day, till the oh, end. Oh, really? Of the end day, of day, like, check yeah, bliss. Yeah. Okay. But but when I do delete them, I, I really do wish that there was a, there was a log that I could just go back and look at all this stuff that I'd done. Yeah, just, no, that just would for be the cool. sake of that would be just cool. to flex, you know, to really flex. Oh, oh, flex yeah, all over your all back. Shit you, stuff. You own that list, Justin. You owned it. <laughs> so that go would Justin. be another thing go I'd Justin. really like to have. Um, what else we got? Okay, I think the, before we get into all the links, um, all the links, and I, I, I know you've got a couple of links. Let's just hear the 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 key important stuff that we need to hear about Math Academy to know to know that you're moving forward and just the key you're stuff, living your you, best. You don't life. actually want to know the normal stuff, just the key stuff. The normal stuff. The normal stuff. <laughs> the normal key stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the well the first thing I I posted in Discord we got uh, we got officially accredited we got our letter of accreditation oh yeah that's very cool so that's a big deal um 
for obvious reasons, you know, if, if wait, wait, well, no, not for obvious reasons, because it sounds like, because the, the, re- the reason why it's obvious to me is so that you can like get your software into school districts, but no, that's why I thought I would think you need accreditation. Why do you need it? Well, I mean, okay. So if, if your kid does, um, you know, algebra one and you want to go to the school and say, Hey, well, my kid should do algebra two. They're like, well, they, he didn't do algebra one. Yes, he did. Here it is. And they're like, well, what is this thing? They say they're going to create, here's a transcript and certification. Oh, so it does relate to does relate to schools and districts, but it's just about being taken seriously. Got it. Yeah, well, because um, or you might have an independent study type of thing situation yeah. going on, or you did something during the summer or whatever. I mean, it's 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 always a little different. Every school district or school has little different policies, and some are really um really uh limiting limiting in terms of what they'll allow and others are like okay as long as you can give us some some um paperwork to back this up we'll we'll be willing to support it so but yeah having an official being an accredited education provider um will allow parents to have their kids take these classes and get credit for them be on their transcript get official credit for the class that's and that's a big deal because if you don't get credit for the class you're taking <laughs> I, I could be a real frustration because it's like, well, now you gonna, you guys still going to take class? Are they going to make you not, you're not going to be allowed to go past it? You have to take the same stupid class in the school, you know? Now, which program levels are covered by the initial status? What what does that even mean? Are You look, you look like you're looking at some um, diagram of... I'm looking at your accre- your accreditation do- uh, uh, email or document that you got sent that's signed, and it says, if you choose to disclose your status in any communication with the public, you must specify the program's levels which are covered by the initial status. Math, I guess. We're, math education. Yeah, it's math. Yeah. Okay, you comply. That means you don't lose your accreditation. Right. For telling us. Right. Right. <laughs> No, that's that's very very cool. And because you you posted the like, I guess the certificate. No, it's just a letter. Or, just a letter. From it's you. a letter. Yeah. Just a letter. Okay. Just uh, yeah. It's, we're accredited for math. Sweet. Yeah. So um, I've been working on the um, the emailing system. Um, I think I've talked a little bit about. It. I think I talked about that last time. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Did. So yeah. I did. I got the first bit of it done. I got the sort of the drip email um, system working, which is relatively easy. Initially, I was trying. It was all kind of combined. Like there's sort of educational type emails. Exp- I mean, education terms explaining how the system works and how to get the most out of it, and strategies to keep your kid motivated and get focused, and you know all that kind of stuff, right? You had a notification. We spoke about like a notification object or something like that. Was it that? Um, there was a certain object yeah, or a class. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But there's a, yeah. there's a, so what I built, the first part of it was the sort of the, what we call the drip email processor. So it just thing runs and every 30 minutes it, it looks and, and says, okay, because um, it has to check and see what, what emails have been sent to what people. Yeah. Um, is it expired? Because you, because for instance, there's some people been using it for a year and I'm not mm-hmm. going to send them a getting started email. Right? That would be obnoxious. So it has to be oh, smart that be... enough. It has to be smart enough and go, okay, certain these thing doesn't this trigger if a if account is over a certain age. If it's and then it says, okay, have they sent sent it to this person? And of course it depends on the type of person. Is it in a guardian with their is it an adult who has kids doing it? Is it an adult student? Is it a kid? You know, there's different emails that are sent to different types of users. And um 
and then there's like a so I built in it so a really nice kind of just a JSON array where you can just define the the type and the what happens if the they way. change type? I don't even know what that means. So they change the type of user they are and they move they move to a different drip sequence. Oh well, it'll just look and see have we sent this particular one. It's one sequence and and each one has a list of um sort of flags. I just sent like a little string. Okay, um, so it would okay. never send a welcome email twice. So that would never send it twice. No, I'd say we've if, already sent this. We would ne never send it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, but let's say that you were an adult student. You're like, hey, this is working really well. I'm going to sign my daughter up who's in sixth grade for their pre-algebra course or something. This happens all the time, right? Mom or dad says, this is, this is kind of cool. I need to get up to speed in this. And they're like, wait a minute. My kid could use this. Um, or sometimes they just test it out to see, like, let me see if this thing even works, right? And then they'll mess with it for a while, for a month, and then they'll they'll have their kid, they'll sign the kid up. But um, so that yeah. So but you you what what would happen like in the second case is be like okay, there are certain emails uh, that are like you know how to keep your how to create incentive structures that work, right? Or maybe how to think about XP. You know, when you're an adult, you like get it, but for a student, it's like, well, should my kid do twenty XP or fifty XP or? What does that mean? Or penalize? You know, it's like there's certain they need to think about it in different ways. Or like you know, when when you're um, when you have a younger student, there's a there's um, there's certain things that you need to do to get them off on the right foot. You need to sit down with mm -hmm. them, show them how to read a, a short lesson, you know, in t a tutorial or example. Show them got to use pencil and paper. Don't guess. You know, just all the stuff that is like obvious to an adult, but is not obvious to a nine-year-old or 10-year-old or 12-year-old. Mm, yeah. They're just like, oh, just guess, randomly start guessing. You're like, no, <laughs> this is not what you're supposed to do, right? Because um, kids, will, kids will try and do anything but actually do any work if they can get away with it, right? Mm -hmm. Their goal is to be as done with as quickly as possible so they can go play Fortnite or watch Epic Gun, TikTok, or whatever the hell they want to do, right? And so, anyway, it, you know, some parents are a little more they intuit like oh i should sit down with my daughter and kind of get her acclimated to this and like do it with her for a while and just really model for her how to approach it where the parents are just like oh this is like a, like a magic box i'll just kind of sign them up and just hope some magic happens and i'll come back in a month and see how much math they learned it's like mm. no <laughs> like that's not gonna work like that you're not gonna see the results you have to you know because kids are essentially adversarial for the you know there are every once in a while you get a kid who loves doing math and say go doing math but most kids even if they're good at it and even they like math relative to the other subjects it doesn't hold a candle to Roblox or you know yeah. Netflix right I mean well, mm -hmm. right so so you have to you have to you have to educate parents on how to approach the system to get value out of it and if they use it the so, right way they can get a ton of value but if they don't they won't. So what about um, the HN launch? What I'm what I'm thinking is the show HN launch. Yeah, I haven't you know we haven't gotten to there yet. There's some other there's some yeah. handful of things we we want to get done first. So we're still sort of in this. Um, actually, so Sandy, you know, was like came to my office. All right, let's let's come up. We need to solidify the list of things that we're going to do and. It's a revamp of the website. We need a lot more information on the website. Um, kind of a getting started video. Um, this emailing system, not only drip email, but like the the daily summer notification about what's happening, right? Because if you have like a eleven year old kid, 
you need to know, did they do their XP today? Did they do a portrait? Yeah. Did they a good yeah, job? We, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So got to build, finish building that. Um, How long is that going to take? I don't know. I probably finished that, you know, this week sometime. Oh, cool. And then, okay. uh, then I get to get on the, um, uh, the knowledge profile diagnostic analysis PDF thing, which I've talked about. Which is, which is the thing that is for the show HN. That's the... Well, I don't know if that's the show HN. I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the first thing to get people to value is to take the diagnostic, right? I mean, you yeah, talked I think about that like, should be the show yeah, HN. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still not 100%, I'm still not 100% sold that we're going to do a show HN. Hmm. What do you think? Like you, you had you had a couple of um, people within the Math Academy channel, like who are uh, older learners, Saponzi, and uh, who is it? I don't know who the other one is, mm. but they're they're sort of coming with some crit- I guess some criticism and some feedback. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I don't know what criticism you're talking about. Um, neither do i i'm just i guess i'm just talking about just this uh just this general sense of like this product product development going on within the math academy channel and um just people coming to you with like just hardcore you know this 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 as a general thing i mean is that like annoying or is that well there's not okay. that much criticism I, I don't know what you're referring to unless you want to give me some examples and there hasn't been anything what since... was he talking about he was looking for he was looking for like looking for the knowledge graph. Saying, the knowledge graph he was saying he was saying like i want to choose my own lessons i don't want you to tell me what i'm doing like that yeah, kind of it wasn't that negative he was just like is it a way no, to do that negative. and i and then look so the the thing was um not negative he said he's just like Okay, then consider this a feature request or something. But I, my point is, is um, like to me, that is like what I've seen the first real product development going on in there. Like what the way that it used to work with me and Plugier, where people were coming in and they were like, "Look, this, this is this is annoying. This is good. Can you do more of this?" Like, well, I get, I get, real... we, we get emails all the time. Oh, you get emails. Do, do you think okay. this is the first product development I had in the last year and a half? It just happened to the Discord channel. Is that is that your interpretation yeah, of what's going on? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> well, it's the first one that I, that's that's been that you saw. That, that you saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, in this in this case, for instance, and then I'll talk about in general. In this case, he's asking, like, is there a way to, you know, to say just sort of select specific lessons, right? Well, imagine the cold knowledge graph, and everything is connected through prerequisites. There's only a certain number that have been unlocked. Like you have, you have satisfied the prerequisites. You do not. You will not understand what's beyond that, right? You can't just jump to chapter eleven when you're in chapter three, right? And if, like when if it, but because you will not understand it, you will. It's like when you're playing a game. Like you can't jump ahead levels because you can't. You got to. But you got to earn the tools. You got to earn right. the tools to get there. Now our thing is a little more non-linear, so there's usually more that it's not just one thing. We can have a you know typically a handful but often there's more than that right and um the 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 reality is is if you give somebody too are you backgrounding what are you i am is it backgrounding you fiddling i'm just fiddling with something while you're yeah, talking you're like, do i have to actually be looking into the camera well, i don't know man it looks like you're doing other shit i'm like what, what oh am I my god to? i'm totally we... listening to you i'm just fiddling all right please all right. so the thing oh, is you are impossible. We have a bad habit of just like going off and just doing random crap. Oh you're God. like under the desk, you know, doing stuff. And I'm like, dude, should I just like wait till you're back or what? 
All right. You know when 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 I did when I did a show with uh, with Rob Walling, he's he was he said to me up front, he's like, "Look, there's gonna be times when I'm not looking at the camera. It's just because I'm just like thinking about the next question. I'm looking at my research. I'm doing different things. So don't worry about it. Don't be offended if I'm not if I'm not looking at the, at you. And I I feel like I need to say the same thing to you. I'm always listening to you. I'm, I'm always listening to you. Are you? Sometimes, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I, I feel like you kind of space out. A... And I'm like, I don't think he even gives a shit. I don't even know why, why <laughs> Wait, are you talking that's to ridiculous. him. That's ridiculous. All right, let, let's go. So so, so, okay. so the thing was, um, <laughs> there's, only so many thing, there's only so many things that are unlocked, and there are only so many tasks that are going to move the needle. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so here, here's. I almost wrote this in in the um, in the response, but I just it got too long, and I was just like, screw it. Let me just explain it. Okay. So if I if I if I say, oh, here are thirty things you can do. It's like tyranny of choice. Yeah, people, most people, most people. Maybe there's that two or three people who's like, oh, I like thirty choices. That would be my ideal. Most people, <laughs> most of the time, will be overwhelmed by that. They'll spend all their I mean, time looking through, like, I don't know, what should I do? I could do this, I could do that. And it's like, go to the bookstore, buy any book. They're like, oh, I don't know what book to get, you know? Right? I mean, Apple uh, Human Interface Guidelines, seven choices at the max. It's exactly. Okay? Limit the choices down so people do not spend time thinking about choice. Just do any of these. They're all good. They're all good. These are all going to move the needle, right? And there's all this stuff... Um, and, but then if, it says, if I say, okay, well, you just go into the knowledge graph and you just click on stuff. Now it's a user interface complication. It's like, well, what, what you know, you're zooming in and zooming around and looking at stuff. And it's kind of neat, but it's also like very distracting and very inefficient. So think about it this way. You go to the gym, you sign up with a trainer and you, you, you say, and the trainer says, Justin, what are your goals? You're like, I want to lose 30 pounds of fat and put on 10 pounds of muscle next year. He's like, we can do that. That's great. He's like, he's like, what's going to take four days a week for an hour? Keep your diet reasonable. We'll do this and we'll get there. And you're like, awesome. And then you come in and he says, I'm going to have a workout for you, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some choices in that workout. Right. So there'll be some things that are kind of some, you can do any of these things. I'm going to give you some choices because you're not going to feel about doing things. Okay. And you do that, you do this and you do a good job. You will realize your goal with incredible efficiency, guaranteed. You're like, that's awesome. Three weeks later, you're like, well, can we just go do that machine? He's like, what are you talking about? Well, like that woman, she's about shit looks kind of neat. You're like, dude, that we're not doing the stationary bike, right? <laughs> you're like, but that looks like kind of fun. All right, fine. And then you come in the next day, you're like, can I do the jazzercise class? You're like, dude, it's it's leg day, man. Like, we gotta we gotta move some weight, right? And it's like. I can, you know, sure, you can come in and do whatever bullshit you want to do, but it ain't going to move the needle, right? And you're going to be like every other idiot who comes in the gym and does random crap and looks the same they did three years before. You're making any progress, right? I'm the trainer who gets people ready for their superhero role. You're under contract because you got the next Captain America role, or, you know, you got cast as Captain America, and you have to lose weight and put on muscle, so you don't you're so you don't get uh, fired, right? Listen to what I'm telling you. Now, I've given you some flexibility. I've given you some choice, but just do this, right? So that's kind of the approach here, right? I'm glad you didn't write it down because it comes across much better in audio. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I just, it's just, um, you know, uh, but I think like with some people come in and then he might be like, well, he's like, well, I signed up for the math and machine learning course, but I really just want to learn probability statistics, but that was the closest thing to it, right? And I think that was one thing they were, he he and the, and, and the other guy were, Adam, I think his name, were arguing about, or discussing is, and and one thing Alex pointed out is that that's like 70% of the probability course is in the math machine. Like you would get 70% of it. But there was like, well, I don't, I don't really want to do linear algebra. I want to do probability. Because you're taking, you're not able to take, because the probability course isn't ready, right? He's, he's sort of trying to create his own mini course experience within another course, right? Mm. And so if I say, hey, you know, I have this program, this weightlifting program that's going to, you know, you're going to lose 20 pounds and this and that. And you're like, well, actually, um, you know, I'm in a powerlifting competition coming up and I need to increase my bench press. And so you're kind of like, can we just do more bench press? You're like, well, dude, that's not really what the program is. Like, but that's what I want to do. It's like, this is the superhero training. <laughs> you know, this isn't to maximize your bench press. This is to put on 10 pounds of muscle or 30 pounds of fat. You know, that's what we're doing. And it's hard to do. And I can do it better than anybody in the world. But you're trying to do something else. So that was really the issue. I mean, they were very reasonable, but I'm just I'm sort of exaggerating all this just to, to make a point is that I think he was sort of trying to a little more interested in, in, in not really doing the machine learning course as it is, is just kind of doing something else and just wanted to kind of, you know, do other things. But the reason we don't let people just freelance to do other stuff is because it won't be effective. It won't work. And then what happens when stuff doesn't work, they blame you. It's like, I've been join your gym for a month man i didn't i didn't get stronger i didn't i didn't lose any weight your gym sucks you're like dude you show up twice a week you do some random crap you don't follow (laughs) that's what you're gonna get right so we're trying to keep give people a certain amount of a certain amount of flexibility a certain amount of agency certain amount of choice but it'd be as efficient as possible at getting them to the goal that they signed up for, which is a particular mastering the content within a particular course. Does that make sense? So, yeah, that does make sense. So the other thing that <laughs> you're was, like rubbing your head, like that's more than I want to know, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that like kind of blew my mind. No, I'm do, I'm doing my research. Yeah, okay. I'm flicking okay. around. I'm looking at other okay. screens, okay. but I'm also engaged in talking to you're you. Not the, you're not so, like getting rid of lint <laughs> on the bottom of your uh, chair or something. No, no. There's so, Math Ninja is not just in Skycack, which basically is it Skycack or Skyzack? You can call him Skycack, but his actual name is Skyzack. Why? Why does he spell it Skycack? You probably yeah. have to talk to his great 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 grandparents. Maybe they can tell okay. you. I don't okay. think he personally chose to call it pronounce it Skyzack. Okay, so because because um, Colby always calls him Skycack. What with a, with a when when I when I was speaking to to Colby, he said Justin Sky Cack with a, with a special Did he? pronunciation on the cack, which is funny because cack. That's why you never in, listen uh, to seventeen year old kids because they don't know what they're talking about. Cack in Ireland means underwear, men's underwear. Coincidentally, <laughs> he's an underwear model in his spare time. So no, but it was funny because for some reason, like for months, I've been thinking Math Ninja is Justin. No, so it's really weird when you when you all of a sudden realize oh holy shit i've been speaking to someone completely different than i thought i was and that's alex yeah that was an eye roller the debonair englishman okay (laughs) yeah alex is my director of content he's a mathematician 
based out of the UK. He was in London. I can't remember where he lives now. It's somewhere in the south. I forget the name of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Justin is uh, head of. He's my head nerd. He's my head yes. of analytics and model development and tool smithing and a variety of other things. All right. Was there anything else um, about Math Academy you wanted to? Well, uh, the other big news is fourth grade course is almost done. We'll probably release that on Monday. Oh, so wow. That's a big deal because our biggest entry points are fifth grade math and, and pre-algebra. Although math for machine learning and for mathematical foundations, the adult stuff is pretty popular. I mean, that might be 40% of our... How do you know when you've got the fourth grade course complete? Like what... What you just get this thing. really warm feeling inside. <laughs> you just know like, it. You like just, <laughs> you know. I think we got it, guys. I think, boys, let's call it a course. No, I'm serious. Like, what is it? Like, are you looking at like common standards, or are you looking at just like this is what they're supposed to? I mean, where do you? Yes, and yes. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an evolved process. So, so I think one, you study the standards. We need to understand what they need to know, what they mm. need to learn all the different, you know, checkpoints and whatever. Um, you know, we take a look at some of um variety of different resources and just see like, okay, is anybody have any, is there anything that we're missing or anything that's not obvious? And, you know, we just, and then because we break everything into very small um, pieces, topics, and even break further down to knowledge points, everything has to be very carefully scaffolded because it's a, uh, there's no teacher to fill in the gaps between these things or explain everything. Could you learn by standards if you wanted to? If you came into Math Academy, could you go, I need these standards? Just def- just select a bunch of standards? Well, mm-hmm. actually, what we're going to do is um, we're going to build a table of standards and we're going to link them to our topics so that you can say, well, this these standards are covered here. And, and it's kind of a many-to-many, right? Because a lot of times these standards are very vague. And sometimes it's like, well, this topic really hits these two standards. And this standard is actually spread across two or three topics. You know, it's it's not like everything's a because it's not just the the it's not like just an individual concept as a standard. Sometimes it's the student has enduring understanding of the relationship between fraction mm. models and their algorithm standard algorithm, you know, whatever. And mm. you're just like, okay, so what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, so you have to kinda okay, here's what I think what they're what trying to get at. And we need to scaffold that over a series of of topics and series of knowledge points and whatever. Does that make sense? So yeah. at a certain and by the way, just at a certain point, we will allow people to create custom courses. So so come and come in and mm. said, you know, says, hey, you know, Math machine learning looks pretty cool, and this looks pretty cool. But I, you know, I just it's just a specific thing I want. To, I want to learn some specific stuff, and they can. So that so they will break the the prerequisite. No, the prerequisites underlie were. the course. The course is kind of overlay. So if you say I need to know this, the system would go, okay, well you have to have all these prerequisites, right? So, what, so, uh, so you've got to pass the test. You've got to pass the diagnostic to to be able to do that and start at that point. Well, I could build a cut. I mean, we, we, you know, if you, um, so let's say you jump in a course, you jump into, you know, fifth grade math, right? You yeah. may not know some fourth grade stuff there, you know, which is pretty typical, pretty typical of a student jumps into a course and they have missing foundational pieces in lower courses. It will build a, it build, it always builds a custom course for you. You will be given those fourth grade remediation 
as oh, you go okay. along. So you go into calculus, well, guess what? You probably forgot your parametric equations. You may not have ever learned to polar curves. Your trig is probably kind of weak. You know, it's you're going to be remediated along those because, you know. And how does it know? Because you, you get something wrong and it's like, well, they only would have got that wrong if they didn't know well, this. Well, it starts out by the adaptive diagnostic comes in. And it, yeah. and it, it kind of, it the diagnostic covers not only the full course, but also f- a fair amount of like, really important key foundational knowledge and it will test you on that right and it kind of figures out well if they don't know this they obviously don't know anything about it right and and think of it kind of like at every question node point you have like a plus minus and so like you know there's information that's that's um indicates that they probably do know it and there's indication they probably don't know it so you must think of like as a as a plus minus tally to all this stuff and you miss this question you get plus minuses on all these things because that's what I was going to say. Like, how does it know if you know something or if you just got it wrong? How does it know if you don't know it or you just accidentally got it wrong? Well, don't accidentally get it wrong because we're going to assume you don't know it. Well, I just did it. You know? Don't. I mean, okay, you have to. I mean, but, right. but, because usually there's more than one question that will attack it from that angle. Okay. So it's like, okay, so let's say that um, there's topic A and B and C depends on both of them. Right. Let's say we ask you A and you miss it. And then they go, okay, so they probably don't know A and they probably don't know C, which is depends on it. But we ask you B because it's kind of, it's not dependent on A. But remember, C depends on A and B. And then we go ask you B and you get it right. We're like, huh. Then we ask you C and you get it right, which means to know C, you had to know A and you had B. It's like, okay, they probably made a mistake on A. Right. So there's mm, okay. different pieces in the web that are kind of, in creating, you know, giving evidence for and against your knowledge on certain things, and it turns out to be very, um, very accurate. And um, usually, within, I don't think most people have to go more than about thirty questions, and they pretty much, it pretty much thirty, thirty-five questions, and it pretty much nails what they know and gives them a good starting point. Does that make sense? All right, yeah, that does. So I think me being time cop would say we're an hour in now. Okay. Uh, I think we're probably ready for some some of the. (laughs) Let's move (laughs) some good links. All right, all right. Um, And it's your turn. You, 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 your turn to present something interesting to the show. Oh, I, I told you're the you're the look. See, you're the uh, host. Remember, so you're supposed to like serve it up. But you wait. You sent me a couple of links, and I said that that's why. Like you, but you, you're supposed to serve them up. You're supposed to. Well, that one link that you sent me, um, foundational math for game developers, was like a twenty-five page thesis on math, and I don't really know. I'm just not the right person well, to evaluate who, one it. One of our, uh, who was it in the <laughs> Discord that brought it up? Who posted it? Do you remember? Um, it, it was it was um, it was Robbie uh, online. A, Adam Z or no? Robbie it was Robbie. Or it was Robbie, Robbie W online. Okay, there you so, go. So um, he says. Uh, yeah, it was him, yeah. You know, he's like, I particularly like the approach of this article. It landed in my inbox today. And he basically is like, you know, you know, really kind of wanted to know what I thought. And um, so, you know, it's one of these, it, it had a couple of things that were interesting. I mean, look, he is a computer science professor who teaches um, and he's talking about like, wow, there's, there's all this math that I took in high school. I don't understand why I was learning it. It wasn't I wasn't super interested in it. I mean, I did a pretty good job. But it wasn't until I got to computer science. I was like, wow, this is really cool. 
right? Like this is is really useful. Linear algebra is really useful. Trig is really useful. You know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> and the sort of implication was that you're doing it wrong by just teaching straight up math, right? They should be, you know, it's almost like a project-based approach. Like we have this interesting problem, you know, of this computer science-y kind of thing or game kind of thing or what game developer kind of thing. And, and then what mathematics do we need to know to transform this object or to figure this stuff out? Right? To build it for, a re so learn it for a reason to build something. Yeah. And that sounds wonderful. Does it sound great? You, lo you love that, Tony. It does sound, it does sound good. good. Yeah. It's incredibly inefficient to teach that way, to do project-based learning, because to do a project, okay, computer science project, not everybody has to code, right? Right? Because we're mm -hmm. teaching to solve some coding, but, but okay, it turns out a lot of people don't know how to code. So now you're spending all your time teaching people how to do for loops and, all, and learn how to use the IDE and... You know, I have like a year or two of computer science. They can do anything that will resemble a mathematical, you know, based problem in computer science. So you mean it's inefficient to learn math that yeah, way? incredibly inefficient. I mean, but people love this idea of project-based learning. And the reason is because is it sounds fun. It sounds great, right? I mean, and the, the, the problem is, like I said, it's just really inefficient. It's like... It's like maybe like 10, 15, 20% efficiency at best. Because here's what happens. Let's say it's not even programming. Because most people say, yeah, yeah, Jason, look, we, yeah, right, I get it. Like you can't really be teaching everybody to code in sixth or seventh grade at any meaningful level um, when you're trying to teach math class. Like most reasonable people would agree that that's not, that's not a realistic thing to do. Um, but let's say you have this, this thing, you're like, oh, well, you know, Here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to teach a quadratic equation per se. I'm going to teach launching a rock in a projectile. We're going to figure out where it lands and we're going to talk about, you know, the x-intercepts is, you know, stuff. Well, that project that you just talked about is going to take a lot of work to set up and orchestrate with all the kids, right? Okay, we're groups and we're going to do this. And we, here's a have handouts and we're tables and we're going to go outside. We're going to measure this stuff. So now it's like this week-long project, Right. And I guarantee you, like, half the two-thirds of kids still don't give a shit. They do not care about your, your dumb project. They don't. They want to go home. They want to go play Fortnite. They don't care about your project. And you spend all this time creating this big project, and yet they still haven't learned any math. Because now they're in these groups, right? And the smart kid is the only one who's really understanding at all the other kids are just kind of you know free riding with the one smart student right and kind of oh, what's what's the answer what's it oh it just do it should put a three here. oh okay okay they're getting no repetition they're not developing any real skills they're just kind of going through this process that seems really wonderful and social and inclusive and all stuff but realize nobody's learning anything it looks great on a brochure it looks great on a tour school tour it's wonderful doesn't work total waste of time um and if you're not accountable for the kids learning math then do it just go play but if you actually care about the kids learning math and you want them to master stuff you don't do that the only time you would do some projects is after they've mastered all the skills and it's just kind of it's like flavoring it's like dessert it's okay we've done that we've mastered right. all the stuff you know look we'll do this it's it's not super efficient we could be learning some more advanced mathematical concepts but you know what, this is, I do two or three of these a year for, for fun. 
and kids enjoy it. And it's more about for fun. I mean, it's you know, you could say just like you could say on Fridays, you know, every the last Friday of every month, if everybody gets all their work done, we'll go out and play kickball. It's fun. Doesn't really help learning math, but everybody has a good feeling about math class, or we watch a movie, you know, or something. You know, teachers do fun stuff like that, or I'll read a story to the kids. Doesn't help you learn math, but it 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 makes this, the whole the experience a little more enjoyable. So, in other words, are you saying that that article that that guy wrote was no good? No, 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 no. So, but I think one of the things, the takeaways that people will take, will, will that people. Are, 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 we'll get from this. The takeaways are they think that, oh, well, this is just the way they do math is all wrong, right? That just teaching all these skills without a whole lot of relevance and applications is just wrong, right? They, they don't understand its purpose. and But they're actually wrong. Those people are wrong because if you do it that way, they don't even know the skills. See, here's the thing is, this guy says, I did this stuff in high school. I learned this stuff pretty well. I didn't totally understand why I was doing it or what, the, you know, what any of this had to do with anything. But it turned out later when I learned calculus, when I learned, you know, more advanced computer science. Like, oh, cool. Now, oh, now I really get what this is. And that's great. Okay. Here's a perfect example. Remember the movie The Karate Kid? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember how he learned karate? Do you remember how it worked? Wax on, wax off. Right. So, Mr. Miyagi... And he, and he, and he, he never understood, why are you getting me to clean this car? Why are you making me this, fan, this fence? And he's making wax on, wax on, and paint up and paint down. And he spent weeks doing all these basic skills that were hard, tedious, um, maybe not boring. But And then he got mad. because like, why am I even learning this stuff? This is like a waste of time. You promised you'd treat me karate. And all I've been done is all your house, your yard work and chores and like your slave. And this is like totally, and Mr. I goes, I, I gone, I got off. And he makes him do like a bunch of things. And all of a sudden he's like doing these skills reflexively. Because he's the mm-hmm. muscle memory. He has the muscle strength because he did it. And so now he could teach him the karate. You know, he could, now I'm going to help you put it all together. Right? So it's really the Mr. Miyagi approach, which is like, dude, I don't have time to explain to a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old why they need to learn it. Because no matter how good of an explanation you give, you're, they still don't care. They still don't get it. It's still not going to make a difference for them. They still just want to hang out with their friends or leave or go to something else. Okay? So mm-hmm. whether I spend time waxing philosophical about how beautiful math is or how cool stuff you know, they don't, they just don't care. Now, people who do not spend much time around 11, 12, 13, 15, 17 year old kids think they think this will work, but they don't know what they're talking about because they just haven't. Okay. So, what you do is you set up a system where it's like, look, I know you'd rather go outside and play basketball or hang with your friends, but we're in math class. And here's what we're going to do. Now, if you do a good job, you're going to get thumbs up. You're going to get Jolly Rancher. You're going to get a good grade. And then your mom's going to be happy. And you're going to get the sort of external rewards that are going to keep you moving forward. But you're going to learn all of the fundamental skills that you need to learn. Because so when you get to a point later, and I don't know where you're going to, because I don't know if you're going to be a computer programmer or a, or a physicist or an electrical engineer, or you're going into some area where you're not even going to need any of this. I don't know that. I'm building these core skills. So when you get to that point, you will ha- at least be somewhat, you've grown some distance along the path towards that goal. We're not going to be starting from zero where you don't know what a variable is. I think that, I mean, from from my experience with Jack, like that kind of explanation up front is sufficient. 
to just say, look, the reason why we're doing this is because it gi- it's going to give you all these options to do these different things. Like, so that that's sufficient, <laughs> I think. So you talking to like, your son is is that works like that? Okay, that that's not a classroom of 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 thirty five kids, right? Yeah, that's, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just work. saying like. What, what I'm supporting you by basically saying, I'm supporting what you're saying by saying um, you don't you don't need, I don't think we'd need to do a project-based system with Jack. I think we could just, I think, I literally think that I could convince Jack to do Math Academy based on the fact that it could help him become an engineer one day. You know, just these simple. simple yeah, premises, most kids, you know. most kids, um, you know, they could be a professional quarterback or something right they, they don't they don't even know they don't even know what they're going to be right most kids don't know what they're to be they don't know what they want to do what they do know is they don't want to do any math homework that's one thing they do know they don't want to do schoolwork. that's what most don't mm-hmm. know right and most kids do not have a delay gratification they just kind of want to do whatever they want to do so what you want to do is you want to make it as fun that you want to gamify it you know, make things as fun as possible, be as entertaining as possible, be as encouraging as possible. Give them external rewards that make them feel good. Hey, you got an A on that. You got all these right. Awesome. You won this game. Mom, dad. That's, it's like, you know, this isn't a negotiation with an eight-year-old to explain to them why they, they need to be learning math. It's just kind of, it's just, it's sort of wasted. It's sort of wasted. Not that you shouldn't do a little bit of it, but just don't expect it to really make a big difference. And I'm even, I mean, I, dude, I'm talking with gifted kids who are mathematical mm-hmm. and even think they kind of like, like math. You're talking normal kids who are not, who don't even have an, uh, they don't get that extra dopamine h- hit when they learn some advanced math. They're just like, I don't even, I don't see why anyone would want to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know what it's like because my, my daughter Izzy just makes sure she's like, I don't know. The math is so boring. So like she does not care and she doesn't have the math gene and she does not care and there's nothing you're going to say there's no propaganda she's going to buy you know she doesn't care and it's fine you know but so don't waste your time trying to do that but as an adult you're like look there are certain things that you have to learn you have to learn how to write you have to learn some history you have to learn some basic science you have to learn math and the kids as well i was like at the end of the day parents i don't care if you don't want it you like you're going to school right you know, and it's mm. like whether you want to listen, you know, it's because some kids are like, and, and, and I'm not saying there are some kids that are like really curious and natural, natural learners and they just will learn, but they're not very common. You know, even the kids that they're really bright and they have, if there was no requirement for doing a lot of stuff, they would, they would do very, very little of it. That's just the reality. That's just, that's just how it is. And, um, but you just, you make it as fun as you can, but then again, you had to like, you know project-based stuff anyway it's just kind of funny because i i read that and i'm just like i know what people are thinking and they're just totally wrong it's just it's a total fail because you see it, fail, it fails all, right, all over well. the place it fails all over the place. but what it but it but what he was saying which re- really was the lar- larger picture was just like hey um you know math can be useful in all these it's it's it's, it's there's there's all this math that is embedded as intrinsic to all of these game libraries and all these kinds of things. There's trigonometry, there's linear algebra, there's probability, I mean, there's all this kind of stuff. In reality, you don't have to know a lot of math to be a professional programmer, to even be a game developer, because the libraries handle it all for you, right? But it does put a cap on what you can do. 
if you don't know a certain level of math, you just use library and that's it. And if you don't understand that you don't, you can't make deeper um, level um, sort of decisions about things because you even know how it's working. It's just magic. So we always talk it's about. It's just magic. So we always talk about. And you know, for a lot of people, that's fine. They're like, dude, I don't, you know, yeah. like, dude, I don't really care. You know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, computers are fast. The design, you know, does this thing have X, Y, Z performance characteristics or whatever? But if you know, like the people at DeepMind or whatever, like those guys, they understand the math. They're not just using TensorFlow, right? You're not making breakthroughs in core machine learning algorithms and not understanding at a very deep level how the mathematics is working, is driving these algorithms. Now, if you're if you're not going to work for DeepMind, you're not going to build a game engine, you're not going to build some massively distributed, highly scalable database system, and you're the one writing all that code, you, you know, if you're not doing any of those things, you don't have to use. You don't really have to learn very much math. You really don't, and that's and that's ninety nine percent of developers. But if you want to be one of those kind of people, you know, or you want to kind of person who says, you know, like I just kind of want to build my own library. I want to build my own collision detection, my own physics engine, because I want to do something different. Like if you don't know any math, you just that's just off the table. You can't do it. If you really know it, you can. You can reinvent the wheel. You can build develop another wheel. Um, so it just kind of depends. I mean, it's like you would say, well, well, okay, well, Jason, like if 99% of developers don't really have to know math, then what the hell are we doing? You know, I mean, that's a philosophical, you could ask that question. Like most people don't need to know algebra. They just don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> but Elon Musk, Elon Musk definitely knows yeah, math. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't uh, have done what he did. But, you know, most yeah, people aren't Elon Musk. Yeah. Most people aren't John Carmack. I mean, John Carmack had to know right. a lot of math to do the kind of stuff he did. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm not John Carmack. I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not Jeff Dean. I'm not any of those guys. I'm just a, you know, I do cred apps and get paid, a lot, get paid very well to do it. Thank you very much. And I'm good. Well, do they get paid very well? Because, like, uh, you know, 20% of the workforce has been laid off. I don't know, you but know, like we've had, we've, I don't know, 20% I'm, of the workforce. Oh, it's a bit a lot. I mean, there's like, I'm just thinking about right now, like the marketplace is super flooded with devs, you know, like, I mean, they, they had like, what was it? 10% of, of Facebook or something was as far. I mean, a lot of comp, it's like what you said, like you said, oh, oh, Elon came in and did it on Twitter. And now everyone's like, yeah, that's. We can do it now too. Yeah, he gave him political <laughs> cover. He gave, he took the he took all the bullets because he was the, he was he was Thanos, and so yeah. Thanos came in and they're like Thanos is an evil bastard and he doesn't know what he's doing and he you know and whatever and the other and the other CEOs looking at like, we could totally lay off you know fifteen percent of our weakest players who were I mean I, every day I'm I see in the news like yeah know, different companies we fired like five and the reality 10%. is the economy is, is still doing okay. We're not in a recession right now. And inflation seems to be at least abated for the time being. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you're in, if you're in tech and you don't have a job, it, it, it'd be harder. You know, like, you know, a year ago, two years ago, like, all the stories were, oh, wow, he's earning 500000 You know, he got this amazing job at Netflix earning 500000 I don't think those are the stories we're hearing No, well, right that's now. a zero interest you know. rate regime. You know, when money is, you know, really cheap... And you know these these venture funds have t- are f- flooded with 
with capital and they're investing and they're all pushing up the the prices of all these companies and giving them millions and millions of dollars and you can get these price wars and you can pay devs and designers and everybody else just a, a ton of money now the reality is there's only so many so many people around that are actually worth it there's a lot of people who just aren't that great they're okay you know they're okay but they're not worth 300 400 500 thousand dollars they're just not and I think also what's happened is, well, and these CEOs and these managers have realized that. They realize they got a lot of weak players running around. They got a lot of entitled people who making a lot of money, who get a lot of perks and have a lot of flexibility, a lot of latitude, and are very quick to bitch and complain about the smallest things. But at the same time, they got a kind of sense that the lives people are just really aren't moving the needle very much, right? I mean, Zuckerberg was talking about uh, he he's wants to get rid of managers who manage managers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think exactly. I mean, that's what Elon Musk did. They just they 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 um. What I I was here. I was it was all on podcast or something. And David Sachs, who's been really integral to the process, you know, and he's he said that um, yeah, they found out that was like, you know, half the people in the engineering org or something like that hadn't hadn't committed code in like months. Oh, from from Twitter. Half engineering court hadn't committed code in months. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of reminded me of like, oh, remember Marissa Meyer took over Yahoo? Was it like fifteen years ago or whenever that was? Mm-hmm. And they had a ton of people even back then working remotely. And they came in and just found out that a large number of people weren't even logging in once a day. They were, I guess, as they would say in the UK, they were all taking a piss. Taking the piss. Is that what they saw there? Taking they were the all piss, taking yeah. the piss. T- taking it's a piss than is, taking is actually going, they were taking going to the, the actual Going toilet. to the loo. Taking, yes, the, taking the they piss. They were taking the piss. Is making fun of right. this being, yeah. So, so, and she said, all right, that's it. Everybody's come back in the office. Everybody got really upset. Like, what? You know, and. Of course they were, yeah. I, I you know, human nature is. You know, people, a lot of people, especially they got a big fat job and they're not really, they're not, it's not their company. They're just kind of, and they see everybody else is kind of, nobody's stressing out and everybody's worried about everybody's mental health and self-care and everybody's like really super sensitive and nobody wants to push anybody and everybody kind of down, you know, down just the first gear. You know, there's a few people there who are, who are just kind of working hard just because that's how they like to get, do it and they, you know, don't have a ton of other things pulling on their life. So they just, you know, pushing, but there's a lot of people and a lot of these companies that are just not have not a whole lot of pressure and not doing a whole lot. And mm. I think these CEOs and the CTOs and have kind of getting a sense of that. And they're like, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, we got to like, if we have an opportunity here to get lean and mean, we got a lot of people who are really entitled, who overpaid, or aren't doing stuff. And not only are we paying people aren't doing anything, the fact that we have people like that who aren't doing anything, they're making it look like it's okay to not do anything without people. Right. I wonder if it was if it was a little bit like this in other sort of recession times. You know, if this if this is always the realization. Uh, you know, there's always taking an opportunity to 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 like call the herd a little or whatever. Bit, you know, and say, look, we got a bunch of you know, we got to get leaner. We got to we got to. You know, because if that's the easiest time to do it, right? But there's you have you have a you have an excuse, and people can't really argue to it. It's like, oh my god, this is completely heartless. It just put all these people out and. Oh, you know, tough economic conditions, and you know they, you know, it's like, and then you do it when everybody else is doing it, right? Then it's like, well, can't get mad at Salesforce for doing it because they're like, because Facebook just did it, and 
Yeah, yeah Microsoft yeah. did it. You know, it's like so they can't really get mad at them. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, what doing are you it. Talking about it's just everybody has to get laid. Sheeple. Sheeple. And so they're like, uh, if they're like, and then probably the the board or the seat, they're like, if if you think we have some free riders who were hanging out and not doing much, and we got some fat, now's the time to cut it. Not only because if it, if first of all, if the if the if the economy does go south, we will be in a better position. But even if it's fine, we at least get rid of our weak all of our weak players, people we know we over we know we overhired. We hired a lot of people who we didn't necessarily need, and we've discovered since hiring a lot of these people, they're not doing a whole lot. Then let's just call it. But I think the other thing that I would say about all this is, um, I don't think management has really caught up with um, remote working in a good way. I think there's a, it's really easy for a lot of these people to skate by and not do much. And, and it's hard to like, how, what metrics are you looking at? Like, how are we, how, you know, you used to be able to kind of walk around and you could just see people coding all day. Right. And you're like, okay, people are coding. You kind of, their screens or everybody's kind of coding. And you can kind of tell when people are farting around, cause he's always sitting around talking to somebody and watching, you know, you'd be like, dude, why is that guy I watching mean, YouTube every time I look at him, you know? But you know, but you know, I mean, I've, I've been remote working for like what, as long as we've known each other like and the thing about like with with modern teacher during the times when we were we were doing the hardcore work i mean i don't have much of a dev team now but we were using scrum we were using burn down charts like it was that was how you kept track of it because you just it was feature release it was like building the product you could see how much of the product was being built because everything was estimated so why don't they do that i you know i don't i don't know exactly but when half the people don't commit code in the engineering org, you either have too well, many yeah. people who are in management positions. I can't even imagine that in, in a member right. of the team. Or that I had, you I have mean, a lot of yeah. people who are just not really doing much. And, you know, you're, all these YouTube videos, all these people have two or three remote jobs. Like, that is really a thing. I mean, a lot of people who have multiple, because they can get away with it. And they're just, they're like, hey, you know, because here's here's the thing, it's pretty, it's it's not that hard to do. So, seem like, if you assume you're a relatively competent developer, you know, you know your stuff. You get in there, someone says, well, how long does it take? Instead of, and because you're experienced, you say, look, this is not something that you can do in four hours. This is like a two day job. Someone goes, you know what, that's probably right. In reality, I can probably do it in four hours. You know, you just kind of expand the time and all these things, and you kind of you know, write up, make the specs, you know, write even kind of more verbose specifications and, you know, yeah, this is taking a little longer. This is an edge case. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. You know, everybody's extending a certain amount of trust because it's like, it's too, it's too painful and uncomfortable and difficult to be like giving everybody a hard time. Like, why is it taking you two days? Like you said four hours. Well, dude, you know, sometimes code takes longer. There's complications. And, you know, it's like, it's hard to know when someone's bullshitting you and how someone's like, the reality of technology is that things always take longer than you think they're going to take, right? I mean, do you think that that you were falling prey to that with the Sivalot Collective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because reality yeah. is, it's like it's it's more work to hold people accountable. It's work. It's it's uncomfortable. It's mm -hmm. painful, and it's hard. It's hard to figure out. It's hard to figure out how long something really should have taken. Because when stuff's all done, you're like, well, that's only like 300 lines of code. You're like, yeah, well, dude, I mean, it was 3,000 lines of code, and I chopped it down, and I figured out a thing, and things came into higher and higher resolution. I mean, I was just talking about Justin the other day. It's like, you don't have to work on this for weeks, and at the end of the day, it's like 100 lines of code. You're like, why the hell did that take me so long? You know, and it's because you had to refine the concept. It wasn't just improving the implementation. It was refining the concept, refining even the requirements as you went along. You're like, I think about it. I don't think we need to do that. Screw it. Like, screw all that. That's got all this complication. You know? <laughs> well, now you're arguing against yourself. You're like, 
you're sort of saying, oh, it actually takes longer than you think in one breath. And then you're saying, oh, it actually takes less time than you think in another yeah. breath. Well, I'm saying it inevitably things always take longer. I mean, everybody in technology has, will tell you like things almost always take longer, at least bigger, bigger things. Sometimes things are really, really small. You're like, that's going to be 12 hours and you're not getting out in 45 minutes. You're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Bigger things have a, the more uncertainty are usually there's a lot of hidden detail that you don't know about. But because that's true and everybody knows that's true, if you want to expand that and say, well, actually this is, you know, let's say that I'm one of these, I'm trying to take a, take advantage. You know, you just say, well, look, this is just harder than I thought. There's some, you know, blah, blah, blah details. And the person goes, oh, well, right, okay, right. yeah, I guess that's true. And then every once in a while you knock out something really impressive, right? You like really lean into something. You're like, hey, I'm going to drink this. And then people go, wow, man, this guy's, this guy's awesome. And then... There's so many de- there's there's a lot of devs listening to this who are saying Jason don't fucking give away the secrets man yeah. just don't tell everyone yeah well, I I think what has to happen I think I think one thing that exacerbated it is to really get a sense of whether developers are are are, are really working hard and actually trying to uh, get a lot done and be efficient and you have to um to some degree, challenge them on what's what's been accomplished. There's ways of doing it where you're not a jerk, but you're just like, all right, let's go down and let's see what happened. So what did you do this week? Or, wow, huh, won't you? Wow, that, wow, it took that long. Hmm, let's walk through it. Take explain to me what. You know, you can do it in a way where the person's like, oh, shit, like Jason's going <laughs> to really kind of check in on, on what I'm doing. Maybe he doesn't do it right, but he's going to be calling me and, and make me justify some stuff. And it's a little... um exhausting to dance right and he can jason probably tell i'm dancing right so i better i better like you know it's too stressful and i I might as well just do it but it takes a certain amount of effort and willingness for the manager to have a little bit of confrontation even if it can be very mild but just like so okay let's Look, the next time you get stuck on this, you need to let me know because this, this, I don't think this should have taken you two days. This should have been a couple hours. I could have. Oh, right. I've said that. Well, before. that is I've how you get, before. you know, because you're good manager. No, but I mean, I, I say that. I say that to anyone because, like, you shouldn't. I, I say, look, if you get stuck on something for more than a couple of hours, then let's talk. I don't think that happens in you a lot of me. places. And the reason I don't think it happened okay. is because. It was sort of a um, seller's market, right? It was the 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 developers, everybody in technology had you know five offers, and they're just like, well, if I, if I, you know, if I push too hard on on, on these on these guys, like they're gonna leave, and then I gotta hire somebody else. I'm gonna go through all that bullshit. I don't want to deal with it, and I gotta explain to my manager why I lost yet another developer, and you know, is, are they really gonna believe me that the guy just didn't want to do any work, or they gonna just think that I'm not a good manager, you know what I mean? So people are kind of like reach this this truce where you're not going to work that hard and I'm not going to, I'm going to pretend I don't notice and, you know, this project will be over six months anyway and I'll just kind of move on, right? So the uh, the AI voice lost on the mm-hmm. last show um, where, that I did your mm-hmm. voice uh, saying those very nice things about me in my dreams. <laughs> um <clears throat> So did you did you play that to anyone? Did you play it to Sandy and say, "Hey, does this sound no. like me?" Oh, you didn't play it to anyone. Okay. Um, I saw that uh, there was an an article about that company. Oh, it was Eleven Labs like, or something. Uh, like that? Yeah, Eleven Labs. Yeah, like uh, how people were 
using it to clone famous people. Yeah, and then, then all of a sudden they're like really going to put in all these checks to make sure people don't do that, you know, or politicians saying stuff they didn't say, or you know, because you could you could totally do that, right? You could you could you oh, could yeah. say that and say, well, this famous person who I don't like, I'm going to clone them saying something that is politically incorrect, and they're going to get canceled, right? I uh, <laughs> I like I like the he- the the headline of the or the subheading of the article where they say who could have predicted this? Literally <laughs> anyone. <laughs> anyone. Yeah, <laughs> totally true. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, um, a lot of the AI stuff is is um, is going to be misused and abused in all kind of ways. So there's there's going to have to be a lot of, and there's going to have to be a lot of uh, limitations put on it, right? I mean because. You know, mm. people will, um, I mean, I saw you write that, you you know, we, we were talking a little bit about it in uh, Discord, I think maybe like a, two weeks ago, and, you know, we were, these sort of political biases that have been put into it. So it's like, you know, even you were like, oh, yeah. hey, like, I'm no Trump fan, but this is ridiculous. And it's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This was ChatGPT basically saying, uh, you know, someone does a prompt about Trump and, and the ChatGPT goes, Oh, sorry. We don't talk about political stuff. Oh, we don't, we don't talk about hateful, uh, hateful political people. You know, because he's hateful and mean and yeah. a bad person. And and oh, and they and they and they. And they... I don't. I don't think. I don't even think it said that. I just think it was more of a blank thing. Just like, oh, we don't talk about political things. We don't do that. But then they put in a prompt for Biden, and then it's like, oh, Biden's a really nice guy. Yeah, and I've seen. Well, I mean, I've seen presidents. so many things yeah. like this where it's like, <laughs> I mean, it is ridiculously obvious that the people who are putting their guardrails are very much on the left side of the spectrum right it's like not even a question and um that's 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 dangerous if you attempt to use it as some sort of arbiter of truth or or whatever which are difficult social problems not just you know a technical problem like what is what is actually true in certain cases it's um you know did somebody threaten somebody else? Okay, well, what do you mean by threaten? What is threaten? They use a word you didn't like, or they actually came and put their hands around your neck. I mean, where 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 are we on the spectrum of threaten? You know, and um, you know, whatever. So things get really complicated really quickly. I mean, there was just something I listened to the other day about how the Brookings Institute, which is like um, one of these, it's sort of a um, it's one of these think tanks. It's sort of a left leaning think tank, and they came out about how podcasts are the bad thing about podcasts is you can say literally anything. Like there needs to be regulation on them and that, you know, that, um, you know, and uh, that is dangerous and that the source of misinformation, uh, you know, forget, forget aside all the misinformation that's promulgated by the media itself. But, you know, that aside, you know, let's let's just talk about, you know, I mean, just a thought experiment, like how would you regulate podcasts? Yeah, well, I, I you know, I. Yeah, good question. But but they well, what they did is they wrote they had some AI that go in and and, and decided that um, that uh, you know they had some algorithm that decided that there was a lot more a lot of mis- misinformation. You know, they defined what misinformation. That's was. like saying let's regulate web pages. Yeah. I mean, like basically. Yeah. But it, but I mean, it was trying to use an AI. There was a whole big thing about this whole AI thing yeah. that they built, and the out programmers decided. And it's like, well, who decided what your data set was, and who decided what what misinformation was? Because uh, no, a lot great. of stuff that was misinformation six months ago or a year ago has turned out to be actually true, and the things that people thought were saying were true, it turned out to be misinformation. Right? I mean, this has happened incredible number of times just in the past few years, and um, you know. So you have an AI that's built on a data set that's incorrect, and you know 
you just, you know, so it's dangerous because if people, if people outsource their critical thinking, outsource research, outsource judgment to some algorithm, uh, you know, you could have some really bad results that are highly, highly biased. There's like, there's Star Trek, Star Trek episodes about this, like where they come to a civilization and, um, Oh, is there, do you remember that? It's that one. It's that Star Trek episode. They they come to a a, a planet, and the planet's being con- like everyone's being kept safe by the Guardian, and the Guardian is this like satellite system around mm-hmm. the planet that wards off anyone who comes to it and makes sure that they're all safe. But no one knows how to operate the Guardian. No one knows where the Guardian came from in the first place. They no one actually knows the, any of the technology involved. Which is- and they're just like helpless, which is why people have to learn math, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Why do I have to learn right. algebra? It's like not everybody does, but we have to have enough people who know algebra, <laughs> no calculus, no linear algebra, know their advanced machine learning, like understand how these things are actually built. Otherwise, you're screwed. You need the you need at least at least some level of people who can understand the Guardian. Otherwise, you right. But it's fuck. dangerous to put algorithms <laughs> in charge. I don't I don't see that being. It's like who like who guards the guardian? Who 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 is the arbiter of truth? Because a lot of these like politifact and Snopes things, they're biased themselves. I mean, they're just they're just um they oh, are totally. just uh, news organizations that ha- that have designated themselves as the arbiters of truth, and they're not they're not true. A lot of times they get stuff wrong. If you go back and look at this, these fact finding things you, over the last three or four years, you'd find out wow, all these things are actually just wrong. You know, so it's like you, you, there's. These are really complex questions, very complex social, question, political social questions. And uh, our, our algorithms are not even close to being up to it because the algorithm built by humans, built on data, accumulated by humans. So who's deciding the data? Who's deciding the bio? You know, whatever. I mean, you know, you're just messing around with that jet, jet PT and you're like, ah, this doesn't, I mean, your first try, you're like, this is, I wouldn't trust this. I mean, the chat GPT. Well, it was, it was just something. Yeah, that I yeah. Read. I mean, it's. I mean, it's all over the place, right? Um, but uh, you know, chat GPT. I think someone said this is is just a an automated bullshit generator. Meh. Yeah, it's, that's right. It's, it's just automated. A, it's just a bullshit automated, generator. Yes, yeah. It doesn't have an ontology of facts. I mean, there is a certain correlation between how you say things when there's an understanding, but there is no core knowledge ontology and everything driving this thing. It's just a statistical prediction of the next word. You know, teachers were talking about using. So, ChatGPT was something that obviously came up at the teachers' convention. Well, that's and a surprise. There was teachers. <laughs> teachers were talking about like the same way that you use the calculator. You know, they were talking about using ChatGPT in that similar kind of way. It's like let's let's actually incorporate this into the lessons. So you will come up with the ChatGPT prompt to generate the essay, and now the student has to make it better. You know, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's, 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 there's sort of extremes, right? There's the extreme of, um, we're not going to allow any type of technology at all, right? And, um, you know, when a student has to write an essay, they got to write an essay, and when they do it, we're going to run, you know, there's a chat PT zero or somebody did something that can detect with AI, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, going to zero, competing, we're going to bring up in the, you know, disciplinary committee so yeah use it if you want that to happen right or you say um i'm not even going to deal with all that so what we're going to do is i'm not going to have essays but when you have an essay due you're just going to write it in class under time conditions right 
That's how you get away. That's mm. what I would do. I don't, dude. Yeah. After teaching kids, I don't trust kids. I I don't. I in front of them, I throw them. <laughs> they will cheat their asses off. Even good students, good kids. They they just do it. I mean, I've seen it, and and I'd always caught and always they're caught. Just, it's just they're just optimizing a yeah. life. Man. Well, they're just like hey, can just, get away with it. They're just, they're just not. They're they're moral compass their their ethics are just not that developed they're just sort of testing boundaries mm. and that they, they can cheat the cheat i mean there's some there are some kids who won't right so if you say well my kid whenever, okay so maybe you have the, the one angel but i mean jess and i uncovered this industrial scale cheating it was hilarious i mean it was irritating but that was hilarious like jessica's he goes it's really weird he's like i got, I got just why are, why are these students getting all those reviews when they got a perfect on the quiz because the because when you would miss questions of the quiz you would be assigned a review for any topic uh, for a question which you missed right yeah and he's looking at it and he's just like what the hell is going on he's like really frustrated because he can't understand why the model is doing that and he's like all right well i'm going to download the logs of the, the quizzes and stuff so he's like and he's like it's weird it's like there, there are answers in, but then after the test is submitted, the answers are re- the correct answers are submitted. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I was like, I think I'd tell you what's going on. <laughs> Somebody has found a way to resubmit the test with corrected answers. And he's like, really? I'm like, oh, that's absolutely what's happening. And so then we go through and kind of test that we found a handful of kids. It was like industrial scale. I mean, they were doing it for every, every time they take a quiz, they would just guess through the thing in three minutes and then they would get her and then they would be able to have in a separate tab. They'd have the test open and we're able to go and correct all the answers correct and then turn in. And Justin did this huge That's thing. He hilarious. wrote, he got a log, he built this big spreadsheet of it. Every kid was doing it. He just gave it to one of our instructors and was like, dude, I got some bad news. You know, and I was like, well, on the bright side, they found the hole in our system and we fixed it. Right? That's awesome. That's, I mean, I, I honestly, you got to give him, you got to give him dues for the, for the hacking well, creativity there. That's bad too. Like your industrial scale, the cynicism, the the lack of like that is not good. Um, like that the kid should not be rewarded for like you cheated successfully, right? This is not that's that is poor behavior. And if I was a parent, they would be punished. I mean, honestly, it sounds like a future trader. Why you think all traders are cheaters? <laughs> right. Is that your? <laughs> well, isn't that like? <laughs> I guess that's there. That's what that's I'm implying. A, I think that's but, a uh, sort of a left wing conspiracy, wrong. probably that all traders make money for cheating okay. or insider trading. Anyway, the point is, um, um, you know, you 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 got to you have to punish them. You have to, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what the instructor did. I just said, like, here's what happened, and I would, I my recommendation, and I was have a conversation with the parents and. They should be and 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 we we penalized. We went back and gave all the kids maximum penalties on all of the the quizzes and everything like that. But um, you there? I'm, I'm, I'm so could they dig themselves? Could they could they dig themselves out yeah, of that? Yeah. Hole? Well, the good thing about XP thing is you just got a lot more work to do. You know, they had a lot more work to do. But we you know we penalized them. We told the instructor. We gave them all the data. Gave them exactly what's happened. It was up to them. To, he had decide how he wanted to, what he wanted. To, wouldn't they have to go back and relearn it? Yeah, the little system. They had to go back and relearn stuff. Yeah, and yeah. um, and the, uh, unfortunately, if they remembered all the answers, no, it's all different questions, dude. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I just give it the same questions, dude. Um, yeah, but That's... um, uh, 
the um what was I gonna say about it? So but yeah, kids will kids will cheat if they can get away with it. No question about it. They'll do it six ways a Sunday. Um but you have to you have to assume that they're gonna cheat. And so you have to build in things that makes it really hard and that and the and the, the punishment that they will be discovered and they will be punished and it will it will not be a good risk reward payoff for them. But that's always something that I have to teach the new teachers because they all come in kind of bright eyed thinking, oh, kids are just like little angels. And they're just like, dude, I like kids, too. They're fun. But they're also will cheat if you give them an opportunity. Not all of them. But once you get to a certain age, they just seventh, eighth grade for high school. Dude, it's crazy. But even college, they had they had, they had about, massive cheating scandals at like you know a couple of the um, like uh, the Air Force Academy yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, this is supposed to be our best and brightest, and they're just like massive industrial scale cheating. Five minutes, five, five minute minutes, you got to roll. Yep, I want to tell minutes. you one thing, two things, like two quick. Okay, so I've been just inundated with all those news with because I've subscribed to like 15, 20 newsletters, and mm-hmm. it's it's been creating stress for me. Because I just feel like it's distraction. Because I feel like I should read them. Because there's some good art, there's some good content, things I want to know. But yet I I gotta work. And Justin, he made a good. I mean, it's sort of an obvious thing. He's like, dude, why don't you just filter them into a folder? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went down because my my inbox was just overflowing. Right, it was just hundreds and hundreds of read, unread, what emails, newsletters, whatever. And so I this morning and I went and I fed a filter for every single one and I went into like three newsletters. One was culture and politics, one was technology, and one was growth, product and growth. And then I I had like seven items in my inbox. <laughs> it's like So so do you when you move them with the filter, do you mark them as red or do you leave them as unread? I don't I don't mark them as red. So I watched this little mm. I did a search for it and there was like a little three minute video on how to do it and it was perfect. And it's like you right click apply filter Anything of sent from this email address or whatever, you know, archive it so immediately it's in inbox. Send it to this category and, and mark everything else in the same of the same conversation there. And it just and now my now my inbox on my phone doesn't have five hundred emails. It has seven from people who actually Perfect. know who are like, dude, yeah. do you want to grab lunch next week or what? You know, it's like it gets lost. Like, <laughs> oh shit, I want to get lunch, you know, or you know. <laughs> That's why it takes you so long to answer me. Nice. It's good to know. So now I'm going to get show notes faster. Now let's not get crazy. Let's this like let's. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sure I'm sure like it's probably like three quarters of people listen to this, if not ninety percent. Like Jason, I've been doing this since two thousand four. What is your what is your problem? Right. Like yeah. Woke up I was and smelled the inbox. <laughs> yeah so that was uh, anyway that was really i really had like i finally caught on to that i'm like this is awesome. you know you always talk about remember that like like life hacking like where there was that website like life hacking and everybody's like i'm like yeah this is like i finally did a life hack <laughs> oh my god so Jeez. um yeah would you have any anything else i don't want to i don't want to uh t- you said yeah you but i don't want to take the last five minutes if you have some really important information you have no, an no, important I'm, message I'm for, for the people um Live long That's and your, prosper. Okay, good, good message. Um, okay. So, yeah. um, well, I, I totally went into um, oh, first of all, getting that. I so the 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 latest incarnation of Operation Superhero is in effect. Okay, and nice, down nice. about four pounds. 
uh, yeah, I, th- I I think I noticed you were looking a little, a little, little bit, a little, little bit more, more spelt. spelt. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. I I just uh, but I I'm, I'm going real simple, right? Like I said, I'm just losing. I'm just doing the weight loss thing. I'm not like going to be doing all this powerlifting and stuff. I said I'm going to do is Good. just 500 calories of cardio six days a week. Keep the keep the car keep the carbs and calories in check. Don't starve myself, but just you know keep cut cut out the excess, and that's working. And that's working. So mm. once I get down to like a weight I want to hit, then I might I'll start I'll, I'll reduce the cardio and start lifting weights. But I just realized like mm. I don't want to be working out for like an hour and a half, be at the gym for two hours. It's just a it's just a, just too much. I got too much work to do. Well, you know, I'll tell, I'll add to that and I'll say that I'm doing something. I'm uh, and I'm I'm super new into it. The problem is, is whenever I, anytime I say something in texting, I stop doing it. So, so I'm super wary of Maybe saying it, but say I'm going to say, say it, it anyway. Don't, you say, don't it. say it. I don't think you should don't say, say it. it. Okay, yeah. I will. So you're doing right, something. Let's well, just say that I'm doing we know something. that you're doing something. Maybe that won't I'm be enough something. for you to stop doing it, but it's enough for us to be and excited. Then, so for we'll you. talk. And the next show, next show, which is two weeks, you can say, "Are you still doing?" Yeah, something? and you just say, I, "And I'll say, yeah, I'm doing something. Yeah, I'm doing something." Justin, something. something working. Yeah. All right, so let's. I'm not going to say if anything else. Works because if you, if you, okay. if even the meta conversation is enough to throw you off, then we can't even refer to you. You're referring to exactly. Referring yeah. to it's like yeah. No. Um, good, good. I'm glad you stopped. I'm glad cut you, day. I don't want to. I don't want to hear there. about it. I just I want to see results. Okay, good, good. I good. want results. Man. Yes, exactly. Um, well, because my my <laughs> what I say my two my two uh, resolutions for the year. I normally I don't do resolutions, but saying he's like, "What are your resolutions?" I'm like, "All right, my resolutions are to make Math Academy profitable and to lose weight." I didn't say how profitable it was, how much weight to lose. Perfect. But, you know, I have I you know, I like to get the point where make enough money where I can actually pay myself a salary. That's that would be a good, that would be a good. And we're not bleeding money anymore. I'm not like getting poor every month. That would be great. And they go hand in hand because, like, once you make profit, then you can buy some nice clothes and you can We're go saying out I and don't look good. Have nice clothes. <laughs> well, actually, this is like the first time you didn't wear that USA really? T-shirt in like three Dude, or four. Come on, I know more. Podcasts. I own more than one T-shirt. You're just saying that. <laughs> I own sure more than one. I'm not saying I own <laughs> okay thirty, but I own more than one. <laughs> That's like one of my, I guess it's like one of my weekend shirts. So like when I'm serious, I got like a collar on. I got like a cusher with a okay. collar. But when the weekends, is definitely no collar. You're wearing a hoodie now. So that's definitely shows you're in a super superhero it, kind of mood. I guess kind of. Yeah. So unless you guys, so one thing I wanted to tell you, I went down to, um, I was in Cancun. You didn't ask about Cancun. So, oh, yeah. I, you know, did you know I was down there or did, were you even? I, I, yeah, you you had done a comment, and I and I, I thought about it for a second, and then <laughs> didn't think about it again. <laughs> then I completely realized I didn't give a shit and <laughs> moved on with my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would I would just say that. So I had to go down because, um, or I had I was I had I went down because Sandy, um, well, so Airily, my youngest, had a gymnastics competition, and they're at this at this they at this gigantic all inclusive resort that had this huge auditorium, and they had like. This thing was like a place that was like as busy, big as Disneyland. It was incredible. And um, Sandy had, she was hosting a, a, a gala for um, this, one of her nonprofits. And um, so she couldn't go. She's like, you're going to, you're going to Cancun. I'm like, I'm going to Cancun. She's like, you're going to Cancun. So then I went to Cancun. So we went down there and um, I have to say it's all inclusive. It's a way to go. I've been, I've, 
I've been saying that say for that. years, and I never, I never get to do it. And with Don and I, and Early was like, "This is great." I'm like, yeah, "Right? That's what I'm saying. Don't go to a damn hotel. Go to all inclusive. Walk around. You just like, hey, I want ice cream. You want ice cream? Here you go. Here's your ice cream. Oh yeah. Hey, you want some French toast? Yeah, I like some French. That looks really good. I want some French toast. Hey, you want some room toast? Yeah. How much it cost? Free. Awesome. You know, this is great. Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you just. Oh, and we went and um, we swam with the dolphins. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So had the whole photos of the ride. I, you know, we're swimming and the dolphins are like really. I had like you're like one under each foot. They're like literally pushing you along, like your whole body out of the <laughs> air. You're like practically walking water. It was pretty cool. Now, is Cancun on the equator? I don't think it's quite that far south. I mean, there that's more like Panama, but it's it's for, it's pretty far south. It's close. It's hot. I mean, it was like eighty. It was like close. eighty degrees. It was really nice. I mean, like I said. Yeah, it was it was nice. The ocean was warm, you know. Um, the, the you know we were the pools were great. We had like one thing was great about it is that it was super safe because they the thing was like locked down like Fort Knox to get in there, and so you just let the kids mm-hmm. running around. So there's like hundreds of the gymnastics kids running around, and oh, so cute. and in really she never really got to do that. And she she told me she had like the most fun night of her life because she's like. All her friends, they like, we all had a team dinner and then they, all the girls took off and she's like texting me. She's like, we're going to the beach. We're going to the beach. Okay. We're playing volleyball. We're, we're swimming now. We're going to get ice cream. Now we're getting, you know, they're just running around. And then finally I didn't hear from her for a while. And I'm like, it's like 1030 at night. And I was like, okay, where's my teenage daughter? <laughs> I haven't heard from her. She said she was going to go swimming. I didn't know she had, she had never swimsuit on. Like, well, how's she swimming? And it turned out they, they had gone back. She'd put got her swimsuit on earlier. And I get out there, and there's this other dad walking around. And he's like, he's, he's like, hey, oh, hey. I'm like, he's like, are you dad stalking? I'm like, yeah, but I can't, I can't find my daughter. He's like, yeah, me too. He's <laughs> like walking around. Because there's like 10 or 15 pools that are all kind of connected with all these walkways over. So if you're walking around and all these kids are out, teenager kids are out in the water, you know, playing keep away. And these girls are doing spinning backflips off of these bridges and just kind of teenage stuff, but still kind of safe because parents are kind of, they're adults and like, cause they're like little bars kind of connected and they're kind of, mm, yeah. they, the kids are kind of off in the corner. So there's some adults somewhere keeping eyes on them. So that was really cool. <laughs> and I, I, she said to me, she's like, you know, I always wanted that experience like in the TV show Outer Banks where the kids can just go off and do anything. And uh, so that was really, that was really cool. And, um, Nice. But the other thing is, they won the whole competition. Champion Gymnastics won the whole oh, thing. I don't know, it was really? like 20 teams. And a couple of the teams had, um, they regularly produce Olympians. And uh, Champion won it, won the whole thing. And she, yeah. Of course. A, a Roberts. <laughs> a Roberts is well, the only way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, man. Not quite. She I think she got she got a third place in one of the events, which was pretty, which was good. Not, she didn't do as well as she wanted or should, but it was a, you know, she's making progress. So, but it was great. But it was cool. So, um, anything else? Any other shows? Any TV shows? Movies you want to promote? Recommend? Books? No, to, no, nothing. Nothing right article, now. Nothing here. No. Here and no. empty. But plus, also, I've just got another text from Georgie. Get your ass up here now. You're done, right? Get up here now. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want you to catch a beating. So, yeah, I guess we should probably call it. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, all right, that's a wrap. We're out.